Hey, thank you for checking in. So today, this is the first live stream, but I thought it's a good way to do Q&A. This period is especially tough. Markets are swinging one day up, one day down. And I guess there'll be a lot of questions. That's why I wanted to open up discussion points via Q&A. So if you're, you're viewing this through a recorded medium, do also leave your comments in the sections below. I'll try to pick them up as best as I can. And in any case, first disclaimer, this is not financial advice. I'll be giving my thought process as well as what I see in the markets. So go ahead and share any questions you may have. I'll try to pick it up as best as I can. So let me kick things uh, started because I guess uh, it's easier uh, as I try to uh, provoke some questions out, easier for us to get a discussion running. So let me start by, by you know, uh, showing you what are key points that we'll be discussing today. I don't know if you've seen the main channel's uh, video so far. Two weeks ago, I released something that stated that uh, probably it's just one of the usual war threats, war noise. Anyway, Crimea annexation happened back in 2014, and that saw a small market correction. And uh, from every source, there wasn't a big indication of a big war. But things change. So along the way, we also have to adapt and change the viewpoint because things are not like previously already. So I showed this chart and that was when I first discovered, hey, even in a big situation like Iraq's invasion of Kuwait, as you can see over here, the bear market didn't last that long, three months and then draw down probably 16.9%. But the key part is I wasn't thinking about that until we see new information of sanctions. This is where I threw the committee uh, post I actually updated members uh, that probably this is getting serious. And the key part is how we're going to adapt and how we're going to invest because there's usually a lot of concerns. But this, if this gets serious, uh, the war escalates, UN, uh, NATO gets involved. Uh, calling it World War III is a bit far-fetched, but if fighting shows a lot more damage everywhere, then that's where we start to see real concerns. Uh, in any case, uh, do be the first to leave a comment, key it below, I'll try to pick it up. I'm streaming this on two sides. So if I'm not seeing the questions, uh, do try to let me know, so through the Telegram side. What we need to now focus on is some information by a lot of reports coming out that, oh, at worst, every indication suggests you should invest now. I think they don't quite understand uh, the feeling of being invested, a lot of the reports. Let's use this to further illustrate. This Iraq invades Kuwait. If you see this new uh, chart over here, you see that, hey, Gulf War, markets rallied three months later, 23.5%, correct? That's fantastic news, correct? But actually, I'd like to link. This is quite misleading. This ties in the whole Iraq invasion to Kuwait with Gulf War, which is the same thing in any case. This was a six-month war. Iraq invaded, market crashed, as you can see over here, three months. Three months in, it crashed. But if you say the Gulf War, that means you're defining it as US intervening. Then, of course, your sample size looks fantastic with 23.5%. So when you look at data points and there are uh, conclusions, you need to be very savvy what is the real context of it. So this is to show uh, my interpretation. Right now, this war seems to be serious. It is going to be at least the Gulf War's duration. Because who we are dealing with now is Russia. I showed on main channel, Russia's military might, Russia's military sophistication uh, definitely 
uh, is not Iraq's level. Iraq has a big force at the point of time, but definitely not sophisticated. Russia is known for cyber attacks in any case. Okay, the first question, with Russia holding 2,400 gold, do we buy gold to support their war effort? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll pick that up uh, quickly uh, by big no. I, I think gold is not likely going to be the one that's going to be squeezed the most. Uh, it's a natural hedge against war. History has proven. Uh, it might go up, but I think supporting them or not really doesn't concern us. We are, we are concerned about our portfolio's return as of right now in Singapore. So I'm, I'm thinking gold will not be the strongest performer of all the commodities. There's soft commodities, which is agriculture. There's hard commodities, which is gold and silver. And uh, there's, of course, oil. So I think gold is not the place that I'm the most keen. It's probably quite passive in terms of uh, protecting a portfolio as well as benefiting if there's real uh, trauma to markets. So continue to send your questions in. So let's dive back to uh, Gulf War. Because Gulf War is a good preparation for bad news. Uh, today, you're hearing me trying to gear us towards bad news. Because everything we see now, or two weeks ago, we were saying, okay, invest, stay invested. Then now reports are still saying stay invested, uh, but markets are shaking, not like two weeks before. Uh, I'm going to show you where we need to prepare. Because in terms of Gulf War, uh, when Iraq first invaded, the market actually corrected before the invasion started. That was in August. You can see my mouse over there. And when the invasion happened, market continued to fall. Are we at this pace right now? I don't know. We're definitely not at the top. We've already seen some downturn. Are we in the middle? That's the, that's the million dollar question. Or are we at the bottom? I think too many are calling we are at the bottom simply by technical analysis. Uh, I, I'm leaning towards uh, not agreeing with that. I think we do not sell our panic because things change in any case. Uh, but to call it market bottom and go all in now seems not the best idea. That is my gut feeling down the share through this uh, live journey. Which means if you only focus on the green, you're not ready for the red arrow. Uh, red arrow can be painful. If you are halfway, we could still see 10, 15% declines very quickly in the weeks ahead. Individual stocks will get hit 20%. Uh, it does not seem fun. I, I can share with you a bit. I have a small position in Food Empire previously. Uh, I sold it or cut losses on it. Food Empire had small operations in Ukraine and Russia, if not wrong. I don't know the size of it. Uh, I disposed that position off. I no longer hold it really. Uh, it was an interesting company, but now they are the only ones uh, in my portfolio that are directly impacted. I don't want to take a risk. I think I'd rather look towards commodities more. That's why I mentioned. Uh, okay, uh, we've seen another question in from uh, Chantal. Crypto's plunge when war started. What is your opinion on Bitcoin, Ethereum as a safe he heaven while it turned out opposite as the war has shown us? Uh, I'm big on Bitcoin. I'm, big on, I'm even bigger on Ethereum. Between them, I think uh, I'm just putting everything into Ethereum. I've shared before, I'm doing a dollar cost averaging. Uh, Ethereum is swinging crazily. Uh, safe haven part, I think is not safe haven. It, it, it is in fact more volatile than US stocks. It's probably the most volatile instrument. So when we approach it, we shouldn't expect it to deliver safe haven returns to us or or a negative correlation or no correlation. The correlation is very strong. But I see it as an asset class that could emerge from all this unscathed because uh, it's not going to impact the whole development of Web 3.0. So we're still looking at that. 
market turbulence in cryptos seem to be even more short-lived and more volatile. Uh, so I'm still buying my Ethereum coin every week. I think I still have six, seven more weeks to go. And I'm committed to do so, pumping in 3,600 to buy hopefully one Ethereum coin. I, if I know today's price of Ethereum is 3,008 again. So up and down, uh, I think my average of 3,006 might hold. But it's not a safe haven, definitely. If you buy it, make sure you are okay to stomach that risk. Uh, if not, go with the suggestions which I'll share on the main channel uh, in the subsequent weeks, which is banks, REITs, assets, things that have earnings, things that don't derive earnings from uh, energy sector. Uh, these are ideas that I think are very simple. You buy it and you know you can sleep well on it. When everything starts to see light at the end of the tunnel, we should see a recovery. So hopefully I've answered the question on Ethereum. I'm still buying it. Uh, I think it's I think it's good. Volatility, have a plan to commit to buying it. Let's move back to this Gulf War because this is a good tool for us to, to anticipate pain. Gulf War, I studied it quite a bit. It dragged on for months. There was a lot of inaction. And subsequently, when, when US uh, retaliated, that's where we started to see uh, that bottoming out. That is start of January 1991. So right now, nobody's intervening. Uh, if you read what's going on, and they are not going to intervene so quickly. It doesn't make sense. So uh, every indication seems resistance is good on Ukraine's side. This war can fight on for weeks. Uh, but every indication also suggests that Russia has not showed hand in terms of how they've uh, deployed their military might. So we need to see a full repelling. That could be months or maybe a year. Uh, I want to gear you towards uh, preparing for worst case situation. Okay, another question. Yen Li, uh, agriculture and commodity stocks have risen over the past week. Is it still worth to buy? Uh, yes, if my concern of this waging for months takes place. Now we are seeing the start. Now it's day, day three of, of the war only. We are seeing the start. It could. If we last for weeks and months, you should expect the price to get squeezed. Now the start, everybody still has supply. The supply chains are not broken. The 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 things have not been bidded up. I foresee that it could get bidded up beyond expectation. Again, everything is we're putting a small level of risk to get potentially big reward. Because if it plays out to extreme, you get rewarded big. That's with the, the same logic with gloves. You know, at the start of COVID-19, who cares about gloves? But then once we realize it's short in supply, everybody's snatching it. We are trying to pay top dollar. Manufacturers are unable to give that supply. We are paying top dollar for it. That could happen in soft commodities, which includes palm oil. We have a lot of palm oil in Singapore, Indonesia, and Malaysia. I think they are good hedge rather than uh, gold, for example. Uh, so another question by Big No. I bought mostly global ETFs. The drop don't seem that bad. It's only one one day and last night was back to green again. Uh, of course, in a diversified portfolio, the hit is not specific to any sector yet. We could be in the middle of a bear market. We could be in the middle. That's my guess only. Later, I'll show you a chart on how I, how I am swinging between uh, point of views. The pain could still last. What, what I learned from COVID-19's crash is 30% downturn doesn't scare people. I think that's something that I can share. Drop 30%, it scares some, but most people are not too scared yet of 30% decline. Most people are scared if the 30% decline doesn't reverse in a year. I think that's the biggest 
that's the biggest uh, fear. Most people are not used to seeing their portfolios red for a year. And that could be that could be something that plays out. I want to get you ready to anticipate pain. Uh, if you can take it, then the green arrow on what we see uh, will come probably later, uh, but we are always optimistic. This is a good illustration on how we're going to view things. There's two extremes. One are people that are calling buy all in now. The other extreme, fearing for a sky to crash, sell everything. On the slide left of sell everything is sell some. I've shared before on the members channel and also on the public channel, selling in a crisis is not a good idea. Simply because you're selling at a bad price. You should be selling at good times. So that aside, selling some and selling everything is still bad. Your market timing. And you know, we always say time in market, not market timing. The simple logic to things is if you are doing market timing, you are, you are guessing the market and it's proven that it's not better than 50%. So that, that's the main point, not timing the market. So selling anything now is timing the market. The bare minimum you should do is to stop buying. If you're really bearish, stop buying. You don't go all in, somewhere in the middle, stop buying, which means you don't participate in any rally, which means one year you don't benefit. That is the minimum message that I'm sending. What if we see somewhere in between buying slowly would sit between buy all in and stop buying? No, that is that is uh, a simple way if we are doing dollar cost averaging. We're buying slowly. Like what Big No said, global ETFs. You can continue dollar cost average. That is buying slowly. Buying the dip is where we take a bit more aggressive action. You buy big amounts. But again, we don't know the, the market situation. In crisis, you buy big amounts have proven to work well as long as you can stomach volatility and can stomach pain. Where I'm at right now is probably closer to is this bounce real? Somewhere in between buy slowly, which I have systems to dollar cost average, something in the Chinese stack, Lawrence had mentioned. I'm still committed to that. I'm still committed to Ethereum uh, and, and the stop buying phase, which is, is any bounce right now that we see real? I'm concerned about it. If it springs up, I'm not celebrating. I'm definitely not buying on the green. If it goes red, yes, probably buying slowly, slowly buy slowly until a point where we see this war drag out for some time. There's a bit more pessimism. I disagree on a lot of commentators saying that there's pessimism market. It's not true. I think everybody's still thinking this war is peanuts. Uh, I would like to see all the biggest warning possible that this could escalate. A lot of ways we can imagine uh, the worst case situation. Fights Poland, everything gets into big arms. China starts to get involved. I don't speculate too much and uh, cry for cry for crash. Uh, but things can things always start small. What we need to understand is things always start small, and then one reaction provokes another. That's 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 the way it is. Just like COVID nineteen, when it was in Wuhan, everybody laughed about it. Nobody cared about it. Some devs were reported. Everybody still thinking it's isolated, but the moment it's airborne, just like now, the moment it is in serious uh, infringement of uh, you know war war approaches, uh, we need to view it way differently. Just like it's airborne, really, we cannot uh, mis misinterpret it as something as small as the Crimean annexation. It's probably not. As I mentioned, it's probably at least Gulf War seriousness, really. So we pick up back on uh, Lawrence's question. Views on Chinese tech, is it beaten down? Uh, yes, it is. Chinese tech seems to be straddling worse of two sides. Worse of two sides means that they are tech, which suffers from tech when 
when everybody's less optimistic about it. And they also suffer from Chinese bear market syndrome. Uh, but again, valuations are very attractive. We are very late into the bear market already, which is good. It can tank, but it wouldn't be catastrophic. That's, that's at least how I see it. So the Chinese tech part, yes, I've shared before also on the public channel, 1,000 a week for 50 weeks, 2,000 a week for 10 weeks. That commits at least 70,000 for this year. No issues, bear market, that's how we buy, uh, anticipating that it will be a long drawn out battle. No money to all in now, can DCA money. <laughs> when you're viewing this, uh, everybody's starting more is different. If you have positions, what I'm saying now is at the, at the worst, stop buying only. Don't sell anything. That is not likely a good idea. If you haven't invested much, then this, this discussion is really helpful. I'm seeing you think of the worst case. You think of the worst case, you can take it. Big war, markets plunge another 15%. You can take it. It will reward you in the long term. So everybody's starting point is different. And the good part about what, what this learning point is, if you have income, you realize that you're not afraid of dollar cost averaging. Correct? New money is going in. New money is going in. Yes, the existing money might see some pain. But if your new money is, it always gives you that opportunity to keep buying. So people who are celebrating have money on the sidelines. The question is, what speed of deploying or dare to deploy? Or not? Especially if things escalate. Now it's one day down, one day up. Not scary at all. Which is the best ETF to buy for China stock? They are pinned down badly. Uh, this is getting questioned by Big No. Continue to send your questions in. Uh, I've shared before, I bought size China's portfolio. Why? If we buy ETFs, we need to be in the markets to execute the trade. And it prevents you, and if you have a portfolio that automatically buys, it prevents you from chickening out. That's the, that's the best part. Because it's the same thing, when I buy Ethereum coin, I'm also thinking, um, should I buy half first? Should I buy one whole Ethereum coin? I also face the same hesitation. Automate it as best as possible. It's proven that if you automate it, you leave it aside, it will reward you. So I buy the size China's portfolio. It automatically picks up once the money is pumped in. Now let's let's uh, discuss a bit further on what are possible ideas that you can get into that will give you certain commodity exposure. Stock names uh, in commodity Singapore, there's a lot. But as always, the problem is when you buy cyclicals, you need to know how to exit. So I'm not too sure if it's suitable for everyone or not. But let me show you some uh, key concerns also. So over here, this is already easily found. Palm oil is shooting up. These are soft commodities. We can see palm oil in Singapore, there are a few names. Golden Agri, Omitama, First Resources, Indo Agri. These are names that have plantations. Wilma, in my understanding, does a bit more of crushing and production. Not the key focus is not on the plantation side. So plantation assets, once it's sold the product, you see outsized returns when oil, palm oil prices go up. Palm oil prices have a very strong correlation to crude oil crude oil prices. And as you see, everything has cracked down again. Sentiment is shaking a lot, which is normal. Everybody's thinking this is all time high. Would it go higher? What I would like to suggest is extremes. If we see an extreme, everything gets squeezed, you will see outsized return. If everything starts to become normalized, you will see losses, small losses. But the risk reward, that's what we are always thinking of. Can this be a good risk reward approach? And my own monies are geared towards that. 
So as we can see, uh, reports have suggested wheat, Ukraine and Russia produce a lot of wheat. We can't buy any wheat stocks in Singapore, but everybody trends the same direction. So palm oil will lead to all stocks, all, all commodities going up, food prices will trend up. But what we want is to buy stocks that have direct assets in this. They could see outside returns. And if they do, you, you should see markets screaming about them a lot more. Right now, nobody is talking too much about it yet. Uh, so that's why I think we are not late in cycle. So if, if the question is, uh, is it too late to buy? Probably not. So leave your comments uh, in the sections below. I'll be continuing to pick it up, even if we bring this offline. Leave your comment sections. I understand this is a turbulent period. And any last questions for anyone that is watching this stream live? Or if you if you are watching this recorded, leave them in the comment sections. I'll pick it up. This is a turbulent time that would give you a lot of learning points down the years. I've invested in markets for many years, uh, actually, since I started earning money, 19 years old, something like that, I can't remember. Uni days, uni days, definitely I was talking a lot on stocks. Uh, I've seen turbulence. So for anyone who is younger, uh, haven't seen much turbulence yet, I think I can lend some experience in how to handle market volatility. The first thing, again, rounding points. Markets con could continue to drag for months. I don't think we have hit the bottom. That is different from many who are looking at charts and thinking that S&P is corrected a lot. Probably not. And what to buy? In the coming week ahead, I've prepared banks. Banks are all-time high. Uh, and I'm not afraid to buy them if they correct significantly. I, I don't buy banks individually. I buy STI index. Because as always, I pick OCBC, India, they have to run faster. So true learning. Uh, and, and in COVID crisis, I've only bought STI in uh, ETF. Much simpler. I don't pick between three banks. Uh, I'll be suggesting, uh, maybe I can give you a heads up. UOB seems to be the most attractive. Uh, I'll try to justify why. But if in any case, not sure, buy STI index. Look out for that on the main channel coming up. And as always, thank you for watching you here. Continue to leave your questions below. I'll sign up from here already.